Can the Mets fans ever have nice things? After a huge doubleheader sweep on Tuesday, Mets GM Zach Scott allegedly fell asleep drunk at the wheel. The drama never ends in Mets land. We'll get into the latest Mets saga, the wild comeback win Tuesday, and the updated NLE standings. Can the Mets do this damn thing? We'll also take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy and hear about the one time that Figgy cried in his career. So sit back, relax, call yourself an Uber, and join us on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Crazy, yo. Mets take the field. So amazing. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside former Met Nelson Figueroa. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy NY and follow our show Twitter at Amazing But True. No guest today, but we'll take a trip to the Spanish Academy later in the show. And we'll do a little five minutes with Figgy. We'll get into the world of Nelson Figueroa. Amazing but true pot at gmail.com and call us. Leave us a voicemail. 845-391-3660. A man who didn't use his phone was Zach Scott, the Mets GM, to call a car service, an Uber, a Lyft, a Via. There's about 20 apps and he makes, I would assume, what, Figgy, like seven or fifty thousand? I don't know what his salary is. Seven hundred and fifty thousand. What do you think you think GMs make that much? Okay, well, he makes six figures. You're talking about the man making more than the president of the United States. Really? <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. He's a GM. GMs make good money. Whatever it He's is. He's an interim figures. GM and it's his first time being a GM, so therefore in of which I can't imagine they wowed him with a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar offer. Maybe half a million. It must not wow him enough because my man's just driving around a Toyota Highlander. I mean, what is this, an Uber? I mean, who's what kind of GM drives around a Highlander? At least get like a Dodge Maybe Challenger. he was Ubering on the side. It's he was side Ubering uh, while drinking. Or, That's his side listen, hustle. Listen, this never ends in Mets land, and I'll go through the timeline of what's happened this week. But, Figgy, here you are. The Mets do something right. We'll get into the doubleheader second, but they do something right. They cancel after the doubleheader sweep Tuesday. They cancel Wednesday's game in advance, which was a hell of a move considering the hurricane, the tornado, really, that hit us and the first flash flood warning in the history of New York, in the history of New York City that happened. Luckily, you're okay. I'm okay. Your family's okay. We're good. But a lot of people in Jersey and our thoughts are with everyone who was, who did have their home damage. Because listen, that takes years to get that money, that insurance money to hit. You know, you lose memories, you lose stuff from your house. I was petrified here, Figgy. My roommates were like making fun of me because I was scared. And you've been in my building. It's pretty big. Like I'm probably the least susceptible in this building to get hit. But every two seconds on the Weather Channel, which is maybe the first time I've watched the Weather Channel, there is a serious tornado warning in your area. And I was like, oh, my God, grab your things. Life-threatening. Yeah, no, no. It Mickey, was I put sweatpants on, shoes, and shirt. I was about to gather my belongings like there was something to do if I got swept away. I didn't know how to, what to do. Yeah, no, it was bad. And it, I think we kind of, you know, all day long you had been hearing, oh, you know, we're prepared for this. And then you're thinking, what, what are you talking about? It's nice out. It's not that bad. A little bit of drizzle going on. And then it just got vicious. And when you saw the little videos popping up everywhere of tornadoes in South Jersey, that's usually where I go to bowl on Wednesdays. They had to cancel that because of, thank God you didn't go bowl. No, you man. flew away down the no, lane. No, it's, it's it's really it was really bad. And uh, I was driving it when the rain started coming down. As I got close to my house, I live up on on a bluff, and so the wind was just howling. All of a sudden, it was just 
really scary for, for a minute thinking, uh, you know, these are the things that you can't control. These are the things that you can't really prepare for. And especially we're not thinking, oh, we're getting hit with a hurricane or hurricane type. It was like, oh, a tropical storm is what they're calling it. No, this thing came in and did some damage and all the damage that it does to the flooding in all those low lying areas. You saw cars being swept down the road, things of that nature. And it brought back, you know, a lot for a lot of people, a lot of family members. Sandy was the last time we've seen anything with this kind of force and this kind of uh, the flooding happening, flash flooding happening so quickly. So, you know, hopefully everybody's okay. And uh, again, material things can be replaced loved ones are still safe and um mother nature is not to be toyed with yeah it's it's rough our you know thoughts and prayers with everyone who was affected and you know it's been it's been flooding on zach scott who is basically the acting gm and will no longer be gm when this season is over um he already was going to be out the window but my god and you know this starts with sandy alderson the team president everything that's happened under his watch in this in this last season from the sexual harassment stuff to zach scott with you know porter gone it's a mess and steve cohen's got a big mess to clean he's got to get a hell of a cleaning team in here and it's like a covid disinfectant cleaning team and disinfect that entire front office cohen's got a lot to do and you know his first soiree into being an owner has not been a very fun one zach scott fell asleep he pleaded not guilty to dwi early tuesday morning around 4 a.m everyone knew they were at the amazing mets foundation at cohen's house basically and that ended at nine he got pulled over at four uh, asleep so listen i don't know whatever he was doing in the seven hour span maybe he was making love to a, a lady i don't know maybe he was at a bar we're not gonna guess what zach scott was doing but we can guess he was very dumb in his decision-making. His decision-making at the trade deadline was not the smartest either. Not doing enough to get the Mets better. But listen, this falls on Sandy Alderson and that front office. And it's getting more and more apparent, Figgy, that this will be a clean house here. Maybe October 4th or 5th after that Braves series. Hopefully the Mets are in the playoffs. But if they're not, uh, you know, early October is going to be Black Monday for the Mets front office. I don't think anyone could have possibly imagined for a first-year owner, more drama to happen, both on and off the field. I mean, nonstop. You know, my screen name for this podcast is P.T. Barnum. You literally have to put a tent over this circus at this point and get a ringleader who can handle this kind of stuff. I would love to say it's shocking or surprising, but it's par for the course, right? Everybody blamed it on the Will Ponds for 20, 30 years. Is it the Will Ponds? Because it's not the Will Ponds doesn't seem like anymore. that. It's carried right? over. It's a it, carryover effect. You know, it it, it, it it was one of these things where new ownership, hey, we're going to spend all this money. We're going to do this the right way. Things are going to be no, and not even hiring the first GM went well. Remember that? That seems like a little so long ago, but that really happened with Porter. Then you get Zach Scott jumping into his role. You get no president of baseball operations, Sandy kind of filling the role on an interim basis. And they're kind of just trying to, you know, see how this thing goes in the beginning of the season. The Mets are doing okay. DeGrom is doing unbelievable. And somehow they were able to manage 90 days in first place with a band of misfit toys doing most of the uh, grunt work, which you Tip your hat to them. Again, I would love to do trivia on naming names and seeing if you can remember what position they played and what they did. It's crazy to think, and it's not over yet. It's not over yet, Jake. The 63 Mets that have been in uniform for this six team. 6 to 69, baby. 6 away. 63 Mets, including 37 pitchers who have put on a Met uniform. And yet this team still has an outside shot at this thing with being only five games back. What could have been if 
the front office did go a little bit stronger at the deadline. What could have been if, you know, guys had played just half of as good as they were? Not this where you're looking up and you're like, my God, he's only got seven home runs and 30 RBIs. And here we are in, you know, August getting into September. For most of these batters, disappointing season all the way around. Pete Alonso has really carried most of this team with the offense, with hitting all the home runs. But if you look over the last, I'd say, since August 1st, their second best player all around was a guy who wasn't even supposed to really see the field that much in Jonathan VR. He has been a godsend of a player. Second, Not on the base pass, though. I've never seen even the worst on the base, base runner no, of Even all on time. the base pass. Never. How many times has he scored runs when he shouldn't have been scoring runs? How many times has he been thrown out by overrunning a oh, base? Oh, he's been picked so, off seven times. It, it, it's, it's a record. It's a record. Eighth the other day yeah. when he rounded second for no reason and just got tagged the, out. There's a multitude of things that he does well, and there's some things that he does poorly, but he is overly aggressive to a fault and which it can score you some runs, but it's also like, what are you doing, dude? He reminds you of Daniel Murphy where he thinks he's invisible all of a sudden. He wasn't supposed to be a guy to really even amount to much. I think he's second on the team in home runs right now. Uh, he's putting together quality at bats. He's, wherever you put him to play, he plays well. He made some unbelievable plays during the Giants series, to trying to turn double plays, contorting his body. So he's been fantastic. Taiwan Walker has been a lot better since he had that rough patch. So guys are starting to come around. Stroman has been steady Eddie the whole season long. And he even spoke about it like, you know, trying to match DeGrom would have been, you know, madness. It's impossible to match what DeGrom is doing. That's what you normally do, right? Every week it's like, all right, five starters. Let's see who's going to have the best outing. <laughs> While DeGrom's in a uniform and he's pitching, there's no way you can try and match what he does. But, the, but Stroman has been fantastic. Really has been that guy that has kept everything steady in that starting rotation. And then, of course, all the different pieces moving in and out. You're hoping Carrasco's getting a little bit, you know, he gave up the two runs the other day, but you saw that veteran in him just shut it down right there and was able to pitch much, much better. And hopefully he's got his legs under him for a strong September finish. Who knows when DeGrom comes back? Who knows when Syndergaard comes back? But those would be two huge additions. The bullpen has, they've struggled at times because of workload this has been a very weird season and as the owner of a franchise are you coming into this you're like he didn't even know what to tweet anymore you saw that he made light of it by saying remember when the only controversy was the black jerseys and that was before uh zach scott getting in trouble so yeah he, he tweeted that during our last episode and during this episode the mets have just announced they have placed zach scott on administrative leave until further notice sandy alderson mets team president will be assuming Zach's responsibilities. I don't know what a GM, there's not a ton here of responsibilities. You know, the couple call-ups, Khalil Lee and Albert Almora are back with the team. Albert Almora can't hit a lick. Khalil Lee, who couldn't hit a lick, but now has more experience under his belt. A lot of people are excited about Khalil Lee and think he could be a pivotal piece. And may, hey, maybe he's a pinch runner for this team and gets a couple stolen bases. We're seeing the Mets start to do a little bit more of that. Thank you so much to the Los Angeles Dodgers for sweeping the Atlanta Braves. Getting the Mets, like you said, within five games. They're five and a half in the wild card, four back in the loss column. So, you know, there's more teams there to hop over. That might be a little tougher, especially with the Reds and Padres keep flip-flopping that second spot. So I'm looking more at the division as a realistic for the Mets here, Figgy. But they're within five, and Tuesday was magical. But this week has just been, like you said, P.T. Barnum-Bailey. Where is uh, Hugh Jackman and the greatest showman when you need him? Where is Zac Efron to lead lead the circus Ladies when you need gentlemen, him? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you waited for. <laughs> this is the greatest show. 
<laughs> no, man. It, yeah, oh, it's, it's, we, we're hoping that um, baseball resumes. And the so Mets you've will... seen The Greatest Showman? Of course. Okay, good. Of course. Yeah, great, no, great soundtrack. Yeah, no. When, when you get Wolverine singing <laughs> in a lead role, you got to watch. Um, <laughs> it, seeing what this team is going to do, Luis Rojas, again, is going to be at the helm until this season is over, at least. And if he's going to do anything to help himself, he's got to make the, all the right moves. And he, he did against this Marlins team had the pinch hitters pinch hitting in the right spot, had the right guys playing Pilar hits two home runs, you know, against the lefties. He seemed to do everything right. That whole Javi bias thing. Hopefully that can get pushed to the, to the back now. And you can really focus on everybody wanting the same thing. And that's winning baseball and giving the Mets a, a shot there at the last three games of the season in Atlanta. Well, it's amazing, but true that we were reeled in by two bizarre doubleheader wins, like against the last place. Mar- like now it's like they reeled us right back in after all the drama this week in Mets land. Thumbs down saga. The fans getting booed by Baez. Baez and Lindor then apologizing to the team on Tuesday after Monday's off day. Tuesday happens. The insane 5-1 comeback in the ninth inning it was like a Ruben Gotai special, if you real Mets fans know about that. How it happened, you know, hitting the other way to left field finally. Baez coming in, a dramatic moment and a hit, and then scoring the run. You know, the bobble and he left scored field from that made first. It by the way, my, yeah, yeah, but mind you, he scored from first. So there's only one other guy on the team that would have even taken that chance. And he, we just talked about him being VR. That's what Baez brings you, you know. And the slide, too, oh, was a Baez special. It is. And, and that that's one of the things that, yes, he strikes out, he swings and misses a lot. But when he hits those home runs, the stadium went silent when he hit that home run, uh, you know, before Boo Gate. Stadium went silent because it's rare that you see a guy hit with the ball as hard as he did that that time. I would love to see him cut down a swing, but he's not going to. That's just his style. If he ever did take a two-strike approach with a little bit of a choke up and try and hit the ball as a line drive to right field, the man would be an unstoppable force. But when he does get on the base pass, he's not stationary. He's not a guy that's just, just base to base. He's looking to score as soon as the ball's hit. You know, it was almost literally, yes, thinking it's a catcher in left field. So he's already being aggressive and he just kept his eyes on the ball. As soon as he saw him flick his wrist and the ball popped out of the glove, he was gone and he was not stopping. So you also have to factor in, hey, the game's at least tied. Why not? Go for it. He did all that in split second. Okay, so that's baseball instincts. That's something that Bias definitely has, especially the defensive base running side. For all the the swings and misses, man, there's a lot that he brings to the table. Yeah, and with the good slide, he would have been safe anyway, despite the ball going away. It's like the left fielder dropped it, the catcher dropped it. You want to talk about the PT Barnum and the circus? I mean, the Marlins looked like a circus in that ninth inning, giving us a shot. That happens. Fans are pumped up. I was screaming. I watched Figgy that replay and that call by Gary Cohen and then the you yeah. know the the shot of him jumping in the booth about I would say 69 but as a joke but I think I watched it more than 69 times like I'm not even joking when I say I probably watched it about 89 times how many times it was so electric Keith here's Keith scoring the game yeah. all the plays happening oh, he was Put your head he was up. tallying everything he was tallying everything the game was over in, in Keith's eyes and he just he barely looked up and even when he looked up he was like. Hmm, okay. And you just know, kept Keith, going. Keith was thinking this is going to extra innings and I'm not going to have time for dinner in between the doubleheader. <laughs> it was already a four hour, you know, nine inning game. Then the confusion of the seven inning game next. And that comeback was something magical. But, you know, in the, in the typical sake of Mets drama, and that's one of Gary's great calls. And then I loved Ron waving around and Ron smiling after Gary said, turn those thumbs around. That was electric. But then right after the $200,000 earrings are lost on the field and they're still searching for Javi Baez's earrings. 
So it's like every good thing. And then the doubleheader sweep Tuesday, Zach Scott DUI Wednesday, tornado, the first flash flood Wednesday night. What's going to happen tonight at Thursday City Field? I mean, you can't make up the storylines just never end with this team. Yeah, absolutely. But what you want to see is another win. Uh, That's for sure. And the Mets continue to get on a roll. Um, Listen, the earrings are a sacrifice (laughs) to the fans and everybody else for playing winning baseball and the best booth in baseball by far. It's not even close. GKR. They just do such a fantastic job, whether they're winning, whether they're losing. They're honest. They're opinionated. They tell it like it is. They don't hold back. They don't care who it is in uniform. They don't care who the manager is. If they're going to ruffle feathers, they're going to ruffle feathers. I think they've done it long enough that you not only respect their opinion, they can always back it up. And it's not a, oh, back when I played, Joe Morgan used to get on people's nerves because he would always go back to the big red machine to which, you know, 80% of the population watching wouldn't know who the hell he's talking about. But if you're a Mets fan and you've been through all these Mets moments, Gary's voice rings true, Howie's voice. And shout out to Howie, you know, with everything he's going through with with, uh, the surgery and health and, and that's the biggest thing we, we need these days is our health and they went out with a bang for him winning the doubleheader and he got the huge ovation they were doing how we chance i wish it was in front of a bigger crowd but the scheduling didn't really allow it but they served him right by you know giving him a nice honor at winning two games and listen win for howie should be the hashtag now but like it's crazy to think if they did and so, like it's not gonna happen but say they like won the world series this year and Howie wasn't there it just would it wouldn't sit right in our hearts so we do send our best a friend of the program and a a guy who once hit on my mom and got her number in 1983 (laughs) we give a shout out to howie rose for a quick recovery yeah absolutely he's one of he's one of the good ones man and he's always very very good with us he's very patient he reaches back out quickly and responds to us and you know we're very lucky to have that connection with howie um and and i've always been fortunate to have that relationship with howie so uh, again thanks dad thanks dad yeah mr. see mr brown <laughs> see mr brown that's how he... <laughs> it could have been you <laughs> see mr brown you were talking smack about me your wife's husband could have been howie could have been a contender no that, that... <laughs> he listened by the way he said he he was not offended and he i guess he laughed offended. He please listen uh, new as a new yorker it takes a lot to offend you there's always going to be opinions there's always going to be criticism that's one of the things that i think i tried to stress so much about this whole boo saga you know i don't do things for clicks i i even did an interview with mad dog radio right after i didn't post it because i felt like you know i wanted it to die out through the news cycle. But one of the things that I said is I don't think people understand the enormous amount of pressures. And don't talk to me about it, you know, oh, what you're getting paid for it, you should be able to take it. If I sat there at your desk and every time you click the wrong key on the keyboard, I said, boo, you suck. You're the worst. You're terrible. You get done with your report and you think it's pretty good. And I tell you how lackluster it was. It wasn't what I expected. You got to do more. Every single day, and not just me, but I'm going to bring 29,000 other people to do it as you're working and you're trying to do your job. No matter how much fun you're trying to have, no matter how much you're trying to play a game, everybody is judging and, and is going to be all over you. So, you know, even when you would drop into all the Mr. Softy stuff, you guys have no idea what it's like to be a professional athlete, to have people screaming at you nonstop, good, bad, or indifferent. If you saw him outside the stadium, if you got you saw you got to see Johnny Cueto, I'm sure you said a million things about Johnny Cueto. How overrated it was! His hair is ridiculous. The way he pitches is stupid. Not for a second did you think of any of that when you met him, did you? Yeah, I mean, Javi Baez, I'm giving him a Mr. Softy call. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Vanilla or chocolate, Javi? What do you want? Rainbow or chocolate yeah. sprinkles? Yeah, you say that now, but I promise you it wouldn't happen. And that's that's one of the beautiful things about this is that those guys are doing things that you know most people can only dream of. You know, millions and millions and millions of people play the game of baseball throughout their lives, and to be the fortunate few seven hundred and fifty thousand or, or seven hundred and fifty every season who get to put on a major league uniform, it's pretty special. So the, the pressures of it are, are immense, especially nowadays with social media. Because it, it isn't just the guys that are at the stadium. It isn't just the booing then. It isn't just the talking smack then. It's when you go home and you open up your phone and you want to look through Twitter and everything you see with your name on it is them cursing you out, them telling you you suck, them, the, the threats that they get. They get threats up and down. You've seen it before. And people open up their DMs and they show you, hey, look, this is what I'm getting nonstop. This is the, the flack I'm getting from people who are keyboard warriors who would never do it to their face, never in a million years. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot. And you would hope that your hometown fans are the ones that you don't have to worry about. So that's all I have to say about that. It's just, it, it's been, it's been a bit much. And I know, I know the more you win, the, you know, more of the fans will continue to cheer and want to uh, have him back. Yeah, I'll take it back. I'll take back. You're not a Mr. <laughs> Softy, Javi. You know, I followed your act and went on Mad Dog the next day. We we're both on Mad Dog. I was on with a Philly fan, Tom Byrne, mm. who uh, was, you know, reveling in the Mets' uh, ineptitude when it comes to storylines. He was loving it. And he was like, you really think a, la- a win, o- a comeback win over the last place Marlins is turning around? I'm like, well, you got to, you know, you got to believe. And uh, there's 30 games left. And we're sorry, Javi, bye. <laughs> good, good game. And, and I'll say the terrible, and I said this on Sirius, the terrible representation of Mets fans are those two freaking dopes the guy who had the sideways thumb didn't even have the thumbs down and then the next guy commenting on Lindor's haircuts I mean could you scream ineptitude more than those two bozos that were at the game and you're gonna get heard in that game when there's seven people in the crowd and that 1 p.m makeup but hardly anyone there and you know that's not a great representation it is not a large portion of Mets fans that boo these guys there are some and those aren't the ones we ride with yes I commented that it is soft because this is New York and you have to expect it you just don't comment on it you expect it you may not like it you might just have to deal with it but that's over with now now it's on to larger pastures and it's time to focus on winning Mets are five back 30 to go one more with the Marlins five game series that ends on Labor Day afternoon we will record the next episode after that Labor Day game Monday five games in dc against the nationals and boy would be lovely if they could take i really would love a five game sweep but we got to be a little realistic probably lose one of the two of the doubleheader gotta really take four or five here because then it's three more against the marlins and then the tough schedule for the mets begins the braves are helping us figgy but you know they get the rockies for four who are not very good the phillies get the marlins this weekend the reds will face the tigers spoilers don't care spoilers don't know how good they are they don't but care. it's september you're gonna see a lot of young guys that's playing even for those better teams because who, then the other team yeah. doesn't really know who they are so you might see somebody who gets hot you might see somebody who you know hits two bombs in a situation you don't see him so that i never discounted that i think that was what happened to the mets a bunch of times when you're facing teams like the marlins down the stretch who are trying to play spoiler and they've got a lineup full of guys that you kind of overlook and you're like ah you know we'll just run right through this team and we'll make it to the playoffs it's not as easy man that's the beauty the beauty of baseball every night you can see any team beat any other team and it all depends on how that starting pitcher you know commands uh, over the other team as long as they can because now it's just two times through the lineup but if that starting pitcher can get you three times through the lineup without much damage you jump on their starting pitcher and get into their bullpen and it affects the series I think that's why Jacob DeGrom is so short, uh, sorely missed because when you're an ace and you're going eight innings at a time and he wasn't even though you know he's an ace you want that guy to be able to go seven eight nine innings at a time so that he eats up 
all that work for the bullpen so that the bullpen can now be kind of scattered over the next two games to help the team win those next two. And then you find yourself winning or sweeping a series left, right, and center. And that's what, you know, that's why he's so, uh, so missed. It's not just his stuff. It's just how his stuff would play up in a series against any team in baseball. And it just, it sets the tone a little differently. So It'll be interesting, brother. I think this is what we wanted. We said from the beginning of the season that it was going to be kind of rock'em, sock'em robots. We're going to, you know, beat each other up for a little while. It took a little while to get going, but everybody else came back in the division to catch the Mets, and now the Mets have to do some punching of their own. Yeah, and they'll need help. I know these teams can win, but they're going to be scoreboard watching the rest of the way. You know, four-back loss column is the wild card's doable, but, you know, the Phillies, and what I'm worried about, the Phillies, their schedule and I know these teams can play sports, but you just look on paper and the Phillies are facing the likes of the Cubs, the Pirates, the Marlins, the Nationals. The Phillies schedule is the easiest of the bunch. They only have six games left, three against the Brewers, three against the Braves, against teams over 500. So the Phillies are going to be a team to watch who are are only two games out. So this thing is going to get interesting. And the Mets, this is the weekend they can really try and cut into that margin because like we said, you got to get within three games. I believe if it's a tie at the end of the season, they have a one-game playoff, Figgy, for the division. But, it, you know, if you're three out going into the three in Atlanta, you're in it. You'd rather be two or one or tied, but, you know, just cut into that lead and do it this weekend against the Nationals. Hopefully the field is okay on Thursday night at City Field. We saw the Somerset Field in New Jersey, and it was – the rain was going into the crowd. There was water into the crowd, like beyond the dugouts. Yeah, do you see the U.S. So, Open? you seen the U.S. Open on the concourse? It got through the rough, right? Yeah, it got through the rough, and then the uh, all the all like the um, the little kiosks like on wheels that have all the beverages and stuff. Those things were flying through the concourse like it was a racetrack. The, the wind was pushing them all around. People were just running out of the way, and these things were smashing into each other. It was, yeah, it was. It had to be scary, man, to be outdoors in that yesterday, and there, there was no no cover, nowhere you can escape. Because when that rain starts coming and the flooding starts happening, you just pray that everybody gets gets through it safely. So you know, hopefully, uh, we don't see anything like that in the foreseeable future, and uh, we can focus on having some fun and watching some winning baseball. Speaking of rough, my Spanish is rough, mm. and. And that's going to come up next year on the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy right here on Amazing But True. Bienvenidos, mi gente, to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. My lone student today will be Mr. Jacobo Brown. Jacobo Cafe, actually. Jacobo Cafe. And Jake Brown. We've got a couple of different phrases here. Of course, with all the headlines, we got to start out with the first one in honor of Mr. Scott. The first one is drunk driving. It goes a little like this. Manejando borracho. Manejando borracho. <laughs> Why did it sound like you got zapped? Mariano borracho. Did you get tased while you were saying it? Manejando. Mr. Scott, Mr. Scott oh, borracho. Jesus. Manejando borracho. All right, one at a time. First word. Manejando. Manejando. Borracho. Borracho. Mm, you make it sound so good. I just can't roll the R's, but otherwise. Awful. Mariano. No, not uh, Mariano. <laughs> Mane Mariana. Manejando. Manejando. Borracho. Borracho. They're all together. One time. Borracho. Manejando. Borracho. You have to whisper it. It doesn't make it more Spanish the more you whisper. I know. It. I'm trying to switch up the tongue rotations mm. and, and get it get the tongue right, oh, but is, uh, I'm struggling. This is not looking good on your resume. Manejando borracho. Right. My second one in here is going to be the famous phrase by Tug McGraw. You got to believe. Tienes que creer. Tienes que creer. Look at that. Say it again. 
There was no R rolling. Nothing was, in that. My Hebrew was in there. Amen. How do you say amen? Uh, you just said it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's Latin. No, it's Latin. No... Amen is Latin. What? <laughs> you didn't know that? Wow. You know what I didn't know, you? which is pretty embarrassing on my oh, end. Good God. P.S. stands for public school in P.S. 221, where I went my first two. I didn't. I don't think I ever realized that. P.S. What do you think for... it stood for? I don't know. Like, like also, what <laughs> school? <laughs> I never put two and two together. That it means public school. Uh, that would school be the math class number. that you couldn't put two and two together. I'll Good blame your God. math teacher. Good He's God. great at math, but didn't know basic school name knowledge. <laughs> knowledge. All right. Uh, oh. The last one is uh, we've got our September 10th event over at Catch Astoria. If you can join us, please do. We've got an event bright uh, sign up so that we have room for everybody, food for everybody. That's going to be 9 11 to get in. We've tweeted the links. You've tweeted. I tweeted. It's in my Instagram bi- uh, link in bio, uh, the great president link in bio. It's in there. Donate. And, you know, if you can't make it, at least still buy a ticket or donate you have tweeted out the link to donate too if you can't make it on that Friday. yeah it, it should be a fantastic event we're going to also watch the game uh you know we're trying to get a lot more uh surprises underway we've got some great items autographed items coming from the mets i'm trying to get a few from the yankees as well again special guests you never know who's going to show up so if you want to not have a uh, fomo definitely stop by and, and join us um, yeah chris sheeran will at least be showing up jeff nelson w- w- might show up who you know could talk about beating us in the world series in 2004 <laughs> time world series champion uh, maybe a few other special guests as well. And what is, we have some cool prizes you're, we're giving away, right? What are some of the autograph stuff we have? Yeah, we're going to be having uh, autograph items from Taiwan Walker, Jacob DeGrom, uh, J.D. Davis. Uh, the Mets uh, have been great and generous with us with those items. Um, going to be Jacob posting. DeGrom. How could you not come? We're giving away a Jacob DeGrom autograph. I'll be, I'll be posting that as well on the uh, on the website, the Rally Up website that we have. To If you can't make it and you can donate, you have a chance to bid as well there for the Jacob deGrom signed helmet, which is a rare thing to get uh, from a a guy who pitches. So we've got a bunch of stuff like that. I'm still designing, going through getting my design, my original design from 20 years ago, the t-shirts that I made during 9-11. We're getting, trying to do a remake of them for the 20 year anniversary. It's going to be a a limited print run. Uh, I've been working with the MLB, trying to get uh, things done the right way. So once I get the clearance on that and I finish up the design, you'll see that t-shirt posted on my Twitter and at the rally up site where you can, with your donation, if you donate a certain amount, you can also get a t-shirt. And we might have, I'm I'm working on a restock of amazing, but true shirts with potentially some black shirts. You know, black is a slimming color. It hides my jelly rolls. It'll hide my sweat at these Met games. When I meet Johnny Cueto, it'll hide the sweat. So I'm hoping to get that done. But if not, we'll have some kind of shirts and, and merch that might has helped out make yep. make some good merch. We'll have nine eleven merch, yep. tumblers, coasters. Everything. I don't we've know. Got, what we've called. got we've got a bunch of different things that are coming through. It'll be a nice event, uh, a chance to help out and uh, again take home some cool memorabilia. Um, of course, signing and pictures and the whole nine yards. Everybody's gonna be, you know, willing to do things like that. Uh, it's gonna be a, a nice event, a uh, nice way to uh, raise some money. And I'll actually be paying to sign for you. I will pay for <laughs> <to> autograph- <laughs> 
I, if you want my autograph, I will pay you to get it. Yeah, How about that? that? <laughs> you, you come away a winner already. Our last one for today's Spanish lesson is going to be charity event. Evento de caridad. Something so nice, yet something so hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Evento de caridad. Not bad. The R, just a little bit of a roll. Caridad. Evento de... De... Evento de... <laughs> Today, Junior. Uh, evento de caridad. Nice. So, Evento de caridad. It's a charity event. Again, a chance to help out and give back. And I was able to do it 20 years ago, and I'm excited to do it again now with, you know, my, my teammates. My teammates have gotten larger. My list has gotten larger, including my podcast family over at the New York Post, uh, all of my time with SNY, all friends and family, people reaching out and wanting to get tickets and, and be there. And if they can't be there, a bunch of people from the seven line have reached out and are looking to donate and, and help out. So I hope this is a, a tremendous event. We put this together kind of last minute. But um, again, we sat there after the live event at Catch and immediately it was like, you know what? We want to do this again. And I think this would be the right time. Yeah. And, you know, if if you're in the area, your only real excuse is if you're going to the game. OK, I get it. I would probably be at the game, too. But even I am skipping the game. And if I'm skipping the game, this is a big deal. So donate. Come out. Expect a good crowd um, people have asked parking parking's okay in the area you'll find a spot eventually so come early because uh, we're gonna start around six if you're out of work at five head on out of work try and get there get your parking if not get an uber if not take the train the 30th avenue train stop n or w is right there so you get off the train you walk around the corner and catch a story is right there good food good drinks good people good vibes good cause all right so we're looking forward to that event figgy and uh another great trip to the spanish cat i'll give myself uh a minus mm, on today's class i think i did a, a decent job just the r rolling i'm just incapable of and you know as we're recording this show the mets have added brad hand do you like this addition? 4-2-1 ERA was a closer, obviously imploded a bit with the Nationals, went to the Blue Jays. Blue Jays quickly get rid of him. He will not be eligible if the Mets make the postseason on the roster, but they add Brad Hand, a nice bullpen piece who, if he doesn't implode, this is one of the most dominant closers in the league just a few years ago. So I don't see anything wrong with it. No, that. it's a it's a great ad. If it's a, Think about you're adding Brad Hand as a st- September call-up, basically. And so what? If he can't help you in the playoffs, you got to get there first. So if he can help the Mets down the stretch and, um, and you know, he, he's had some bumps in the road here this season. Uh, he's one of the guys, though, that you're kind of looking at already. And I'm not saying it to, to raise any controversy, but, you know, when the sticky stuff went away, we saw the numbers change for him. So he may have to um, find something uh, different, a different way of pitching, but uh, serviceable. He can get you some out and as long as he can still get left-handers out it means that you know loop is going to be uh reserved for bigger roles down the end uh, at the back end of the games as well we don't have to see loop in that, the sixth inning yeah and loop continues to dominate and well deservingly drinking the bush lights after he dominates i mean this, <laughs> this has been the greatest three million dollars the mets have maybe ever spent all right five with figgy we're going to do just one question today we're going to make it brief figgy and i'm curious with all the mets dysfunction and everything going on was that noise in the locker room when you were there like were there things that happened in 2008 and 2009 i'm sure there was because the mets everything happened i mean since the sandy you've had the callaway situation the beltron porter now scott mets leadership has been a mess and that's going to get changed but was that noticeable you know in the clubhouse off the field did you and teammates talk about did he say god what is wrong with this franchise all this stuff going on or was that stuff kind of kept under wraps and you guys didn't talk about it? Oh, God. Didn't talk about it. What do you mean? Do you remember the Tony Bernazar days 
where the guy took off his shirt and challenged Ruben Tejada to a fight. He was the. Assistant. Were you on that team? No, he was. That was a double A team. That was a double A team that he he was down oh, in double A, nice. and then he came up to triple A right after it to talk with us because he was going through each of the rankings and talking with the guys. And him and Tejada got into it. He said that Tejada was soft, and he challenged him to a fight. Literally took his shirt off to fight him. Um, and it was just like, did, did that just really happen? How could that possibly happen? Then he came up to us and one of the guys that kind of knew him told him, Hey, you don't even need to take your shirt off, please. You know, we, we know you're tough. Things always seem to happen like that with the Mets. Um, and, and I mean, Duaner Sanchez, you know, with, with what happened with him in 2006, I mean, there's just a, you can go down the line of all the different years and you can pinpoint two or three things that you shake your head about. Like how, how did that happen? My, mine, of course, my personal one was when I called out the nationals for cheerleading, like uh, softball girls, they were singing on the bench, literally singing like little kids do at baseball games. They were literally saying, here we go, millage, here we go, clap, clap, here we go, millage, here we go. And I'm like hearing this and I look over to David, who's at third base in Shea Stadium. And he looks over like at their dugout, like pointing his head, like it's them. I'm like, no way. I thought it was kids above the dugout. It's literally them sitting all huddled up together and they're singing for the guy up at bat. And I had bases loaded at the time. Normally, I would have probably just drilled the first guy that I heard that with and put him on. But I had bases loaded when it happened. And Millage came up. I got him out. And uh, then Austin Kearns came up. And I got him out afterwards. And then I looked over at their dugout. And I started shaking my glove like it was a pom-pom towards them. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? It's never been done. It's never happened in the history of professional baseball at any It was level. the Nationals cheering on their own hitters the at the Nationals plate. Nationals were cheering on their own hitters at the plate in unison, singing the songs that we used to sing as kids. And you were pissed. It, it just, it has never happened. This is professional baseball. This is a level that most will never reach. And they were doing something so something so childish that, you know, Keith Hernandez was in the booth and he's like, I've never seen this before. It was about respecting the game. Like it wasn't, I think it was, it was either a tied game or a very close game anyways, like the fourth or fifth inning. And I'm like, what is going on? This can't be happening right now. And after the game, it got everything. I I finished my interview. You know, I said, you know, I had a poor outing. I had too many walks. I'm going to have to work on that. It was not an easy day for me, but I'll continue to get better, ready for my next outing, and I'll, I'll start preparing tomorrow. Cameras go off. So this next statement has never been seen on camera because the cameras had gotten turned off from SNY. And one of the reporters just goes, hey, so uh, what did they say that pissed you off so bad? And I said, they were singing. They were cheering like a bunch of softball girls. And instantly, headlines, a back page, the whole night, and shish boom is what they wrote, the Daily News wrote, and they had a picture of me pissed off in the dugout about it. Regis and Kathy Lee, Regis is holding it up and going, what's wrong with this guy? You know, don't they do that in Little League? Isn't that okay? And I'm like, it's not the point that they were doing it. It wasn't the point, you know, it's normally 30,000 people in those stadium. That kind of gets drowned out. It's just the disrespect that you're you're singing. They even went as far as trying to interview Jenny Finch and ask her if they thought my comments were sexist because I said they were cheering like softball girls. And Jenny Finch goes, well, that's who does do a lot of singing is softball girls in high school and even into college. What, what's the problem with that? I don't think that's how he meant it. And I just meant it as even in baseball realms, as you get older, you get into high school, you get into college, you're not cheering 
and singing on the bench. That's something that's so like little league. So it was, uh, that was my moment of, you know, I go into the clubhouse the next day and I see all the newspapers sitting on the, the center table and I'm like, oh geez, this isn't going to be good. I get the tap on the shoulder. I go in the office and there's seven people in the office. There's the assistant GM, the GM, Omar Manaya, uh, Jeff Wilpon is in there, manager, uh, Willie Randolph's in there. Uh, pitching coaches in there, you know, Rick Peterson. And I'm like, oh my God, all these people in here. Wow. And they're like, hey, listen, we can't have controversy going into the Subway Series this weekend. You know, with the things that you said, we're going to have to uh, send you down to AAA. And I go, wait, you're sending me down because of what I said? Or are you sending me down because I had some walks? And now all of a sudden it was like, uh, yeah, it's because of the walks. I go, oh, that's interesting because Oliver Perez has three times as many walks as I do, but you're sending me down. And they were like, uh, yeah, you know, it, 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 we just can't have it right now. You know, we need the focus to be on baseball. And I was like, that's where my focus was. Next thing I know, I'm sent out to AAA, Peterson kind of put his arms around me and was like, dude, I, I tried everything to get them to let you stay. You know, I, I know you can pitch. I know you're better than this. He's like, you know, hopefully we'll see you soon. This will pass. And, you know, you have a chance to get back on track. And that, that was it. I was out. That, that's how quickly it turned. That was something that always left a bitter taste in my mouth because I never got to pitch in a Subway series. That would have been my first Subway series. Uh, you ever cry? You know, <laughs> I cry when they kill off Meryl Streep and Mamma Mia too, <laughs> or, you know, chicken parm isn't cooked right, or I get a bad slice of pizza or something emotional. Did you ever cry after a game outing, getting sent down in your career? Let it out if you have. Oh, I don't know. At the end of my career, I did. My very last outing, um, I was in AAA with the Diamondbacks. I had to, I was pitching with bone on bone in my right hip was going to need a hip replacement but I kept trying to play through it and we were in Reno and it was like 40 some odd degrees there in the first month of the season and I just I would get loose and then as soon as I sat down after the first inning everything would tighten up again and it was difficult um, for me to finish my pitches and so I was getting hammered it was bad and so assistant GM at the time was a good friend of mine Uh, he just passed away actually Mike Bell he was so young died of cancer. Mike Bell, who he came into the clubhouse when I came out of the game and he's like, listen, you know, it's not working out right now. This is right after the WBC where I pitched my best baseball ever. He goes, it's not working out right now. He goes, you know, I want to give you an opportunity. You know, we're going to probably release you after the game. And I said, no problem. You know, I get it. I said, but you know, I have something going on with my hip. I'd like to get checked out by the doctors. He goes, you have my word. We'll check you out. We'll send you to the doctors, whatever you need, we'll take care of. And he's like, you know, so if you want to just, you know, pack your stuff and go, you can. I said, no, no shot. I said, I'm going to sit here, watch the rest of the game. Game finished. And I had a little team meeting and I told all the guys, you know, I said, however young or however old you are, you want to play this game until they take the jersey off of you. I said, my jersey's getting ripped, tugged on right now, but hopefully I get a chance to put another one on. But this is, um, this is hopefully this isn't the end for me. But if it is, I have no regrets. I had a great career. I pitched for 17 years at that time. I said I pitched for 17 years all over the globe. Met some great people. And you guys, you know, go on and and I wish you all the best. Wish you all the biggest success in the world. But don't take it for granted, man. Don't take it for granted. Don't just go through the motions. You're so close in AAA to a big league call up. Getting a chance to uh, write your own history. That don't. You know, especially in Nevada, same kind of thing with like Vegas. It was like, don't throw it away. Just making a bad decision. Make some good decisions. You're this close. You want to be the guy that they call up. So I gave that little speech and tried to walk off into the sunset. But I went, got my hip looked at. Doctor's like, yeah, we're going to have to probably do some surgery. You know, if are you ready for a hip replacement? I said, probably not. So what can we do? Give me a cortisone shot. 
it uh, helped me for another couple of years pitching over in Taiwan. So I went back to Taiwan, was able to win another championship that same year. I won a championship with the uni president Lions and became a pitching coach. The rest is history. So I got to play 19 years after that. You walked off into the sunset, which was in, in the bright lights, which was actually the traffic in the Lincoln Tower. <laughs> and, here, and here I stay in Weehawken with the tra- Lincoln Tower. Here he is. In New Jersey, through the tunnel, and uh, you know, I always check TweetDeck as we're recording. And more Mets news is that Disha is saying sources with knowledge of the situation that Sandy Alderson's son, Bryn or Brian B R Y N, will now be more involved in the front office day to day responsibilities while chiefly answering to his dad. Talk about having the uh, right family around you to get a job. Hey, Dad, can I uh, have a job? Sure, you could be my assistant GM. I mean, good God. Well, I mean, I don't know if you go that deep, right? Because you already were with the assistant to the GM that you had named, and now he's gone. So the assistant to the assistant was the guy that they, uh, I I guess they took off the interim for the assistant GM. It's a mess, and Sandy was called upon for damage control when it came to the thumbs down. He's called upon for damage control now as the GM, sitting GM. Sandy is the damage. He is the damage (laughs) control. You are the damage, Sandy. You look around and everybody else is gone. What do you start thinking? Oh, maybe it is me. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good night, sweet prince. Good night, Sandy Alderson. Well, they'll all be gone and even the water boy might get fired at this point. No one's making it out. That'll say adios, amigos, to episode 83 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Email us at amazingbuttruepod at gmail.com or tweet us at amazingbuttrue. For Nelson Figueroa and his Spanish Academy, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday night following the Mets' five-game series with the Nationals. Enjoy the games and your Labor Day weekend. Let's go, Mets.